The 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit dundeal.ie today to start the search for your next car. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly with the 42. It is, oh I was going to say it's Champions Cup Eve, it's not, it's Champions Cup Day. It begins today and it's going to be a smashing weekend we hope for all of the Irish provinces and just a great weekend of rugby to look forward to as well. Joining me to chat about it all and look ahead to specifically those four games involving the provinces is the 42 zone, Kieran Kennedy. Kieran, great to see you. How are you doing? I'm good, Gav. I'm good. You were um, sorely missed at the at the Christmas party last night, but we soldiered on without you. How are you keeping? Good, thank you. I've had my fill of Dublin now in recent weeks, so I sat that one out. I'm still sweating out some of the poison from Dingle last weekend as well, if I'm to be totally honest. But how did you get on? Was it a good night? I was. It was very good, yeah. Um kind of the usual crack you know it descended into talk of Cork's greatest spur- greatest ever uh, sports person and considered you getting on speakerphone for that one but I'm sure you'll be there next you'll be there next year to cast your vote again feel like I've had that conversation a couple of times before at work Christmas parties to be fair <laughs> listen uh, we won't spend too long on Connacht because by the time the podcast comes out given that we're recording now around three o'clock on Friday evening the game will be shortly kicking off but just a word on those two teams that were named yesterday, and I suppose specifically, or especially, the fact that Bordeaux are locked and loaded for this one. It makes for a tasty encounter, a bit more of a challenge than maybe Connacht might have expected in previous years if they were playing the same opposition, but it's going to be a, a cracker, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be tasty, and it's it's great to see Bordeaux come over fully loaded, really. Like, you look at that Bordeaux team sheet, and there's some really elite class there, like guys like Jalabert and Penno, obviously, it, will be the ones that jump out but um, I think it's it should be a great occasion and I think it's a really good chance for Connacht to be honest because like I was down in the sports ground last week and obviously it was <laughs> the the life was sucked out of the place with that um, late Leinster tribe but they played some really good rugby at times and there's so much talent in that Connacht squad now I think when you look at the Connacht team sheet there's plenty of guys there that you know Bordeaux will be looking at and being like oof don't know about this, like, you know, Mac Hansen last week was, it was one of those days where it felt like a privilege to be there watching him and, you know, it feels like a privilege to be in Galway at the best of times, but he was just, he was just so impressive on his return, gliding around the pitch, effortlessly kind of slipping into fullback and he kind of just does things effortlessly. He was just fantastic to watch and now this week they're boosted again with Bundy Aki coming back in, who's now a world player of the year nominee and like the the form we saw from him at the world cup is just outstanding and if he can bring some of that back into connacht like he's he's going to be next to unstoppable and it's really interesting to see them stick with carl ford and move him across to 13 i think it's the first time he's actually started at 13 for connacht so he's shown enough that they're trying to you know fit these two guys in there together and if that partnership can click and work i think it it could be really really interesting to see where it goes for connacht but like it's it's a really strong Bordeaux team. It's a really good Bordeaux team, um. But I think Connacht are good enough to win this. And after the disappointment of last week, it would just kick, you know, put a bit of spark back into their season heading heading into this really busy December period. Um, yeah, I think it could be a cracker this one. 
It's that midfield battle I'm looking forward to most, I think, in this game. That axis of Aki and Ford. Firstly, just to see how they go together uh, for the first time this season. But the fact that they're against uh, Tapuai and Deporter, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who, like, I mean, this boy, six foot four, what is he, 95 kg, something along those lines. We were asked during the week to name a couple of the players to watch in the competition or players who might be set to have a breakout in this competition. And he was mine because... Just watching it for the 20s, he was joint top scorer, obviously, in the World Cup over the summer. But he's played eight of Bordeaux's nine games this season. And he scored two tries away to Racing, away to La Rochelle. That's, that's a big stage player, if ever there was one, only 20 years of age. So um, there's going to be some titanic battles in the centre of the park, you'd imagine. Uh, you fancy Connick then? Yeah, I think so. Like, it'll be... I don't say it with any great conviction, but when when I just think of some of the some of the some of the performances they put in this year like there's there's glimpses of real class in elements of what they do the thing that would frustrate you with them is there's just not consistency there across the full 80 minutes like last week being probably the prime example of that they were so impressive i thought defensively for 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 long periods of that game particularly in the first half and um, you could kind of see the work scott fardy is doing there kind of coming to the fore and it was interesting just being in the sports ground last week. He's kind of on the sideline, quite animated, shouting at the players as, as they kind of have their backs to the wall. But then it's the little things like the, the little lack of discipline or the, the bit of a wobble at the line out that proves so costly. And it's kind of them throwing it away at times. So if they can just iron out some of those issues and give a bit more rounded performance, you would hope that that can come this week with Aki coming back in and adding that bit of leadership. Uh, yeah, I think they can do it. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go with Connacht. Yeah, we'll go with Connacht. I'm going Connacht all the way. Next up in chronological order, it's Ulster's trip to Bath. That's at Saturday at quarter past three. You have Ian Henderson returning there to captain Ulster in what's actually a pretty strong team. And actually, when I looked at the two teams, it's evident to me that Ulster are actually a stronger team in terms of their individuals than Bath are. Bath currently top of the Premiership. They're going well under Johan van Kran. They're bringing in, obviously, Orsha Snyman and... Uh, it looks like Henry Arundel next year but for the moment even though Bath are the form team coming into this one it does still feel like an eminently winnable game if Ulster can kind of get their act together doesn't it? Yeah I think this is a game Ulster should be winning Um, firstly because of just on the back of what happened against Edinburgh last week and and Dan McFarlane's comments which were you know so surprising kind of to hear but like if if you can't summon a response after something like that when you're when you're going into Europe and looking to kind of set a marker and kick off your European season on the right note I'd be really disappointed if you didn't get that response from Ulster this week and as you say when you look at the two teams on paper this Ulster team is stronger than the Bath team I think like Ian Henderson coming back in is huge like as we know they're a different team when he plays really that leadership and just kind of bit of grit and grunt that he adds there is so important for for Ulster and then all across the 15 really I think like the you've got obviously Stephen Kitsoff coming in who we're expecting to be such an important player for them this year he's kind of settling into things but with Tom Stewart and Tom O'Toole there in that front row as well like that's a really strong front row that that offers quite a lot and then as we've spoken about so many times like the Ulster back line from from 9 to 15 are all guys who can really impact games and and make a difference like we're we say it nearly every week when we're previewing an Ulster game but if we can see Stockdale at his best Hume at his best Balcoon at his best like they're they're so difficult to handle like we've seen what Stuart McCloskey can can do at the at the highest level of the last year or two you're hoping he kind of brings that form back into Ulster and kicks on again this year 
Um, and Bath, like I'm just so... They have started well in the Premiership in terms of being second at the table, but they've still lost three games from eight. And I'm just never convinced by the English teams in this competition with the exception of, of Saracens, really. I think I've just grown so jaded and to being disappointed by them over the last few years. You always kind of hope they come in and you hope that, you know, they, they add that extra bit of edge and really push the Irish and French teams who have been the teams kind of pushing for the trophy at the end of the year but they just keep falling short and particularly I think there's there's it's an interesting project that's happening at Bath at the moment it's really interesting to see what Van Gran is doing there but I would imagine the Premiership is going to be their priority this year Um the wreck can be a difficult place to go if if Bath are in the right mood and Bath are up for it but I, I just think we're going to get an Ulster response this week yeah sorry I think I said Bath are top of the premiership I think they're level on points with Sale who are top yeah yeah sorry yeah no no you you were right you you reminded me that I was wrong I tell you what does sort of entice me a little bit about the way Ulster line out on Saturday is their bench and maybe it's not something we would necessarily associate with Ulster so much but in terms of forwards and backs there are guys who can come on and make a real uh, like explosive impact without meaning to sound too cliche about it but you're looking at Rob Herring and just his ability to stretch those limbs at the back end of a mall and uh, like not only his steadying presence but actually a bit of a physical presence as well just a really solid player to bring on Warwick Marty Moore can do something similar in terms of just bringing that mass on he's he's a bit of a handful obviously as well he can massively influence the scrum Treadwell you know, good guy to bring off the bench, Matty Ray, and then you're looking at their backs, Cooney, Flannery, Lowry, three guys who can come on, they're sharp, tired legs, they can influence the game, and I just don't see the same with Bath, to be totally honest. I I think we're both back in Ulster here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'd be I'd be so disappointed if, if Ulster didn't respond to, to the performance last week, and exactly like you say there, that Ulster bench, like they're, they're game changers dependent on whatever type of game it is like if it's a tight game and, and you just need a bit more kind of uh, someone to kind of just grab a game by the scruff of the neck going into the last bit and make that difference in a tight game that's where you're looking for herring and more and and like we've seen what Treadwell can do like but you think back to the the performances he put in when he was when he was in the Ireland squad then those those back three players sorry the the backs they have to come off if you need a guy to come in and, and kind of break a game open if a game needs a bit of spark you're looking at Cooney you're looking at Jake Flannery Again, we know what Mike Lowry can do when he's at his best. So yeah, I think one to twenty three, I think it's a stronger Ulster team than a, than than Bath, and I'd be disappointed if they didn't get the result this week. Big time. The forty two Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundee Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit Dundee.ie today to start the search for your next car. Next up in the running order, then Kieran is Munster at home to Bayonne. And it's an interesting enough monster team in that you have Shane McCarthy making his European debut starting on the wing. You have Calvin Nash getting a first start at fullback. Connor Murray is back in there. Owen Clark could make his debut off the bench. And there's an element of experimenting or experimentation going on here that I think Munster feel they can afford because, listen, they should be beating Bayonne out the park they should have a bonus point sealed by halftime in this game all going well so it's kind of a difficult game to talk about from that perspective but is there anything in Monsters makeup that kind of intrigues you about tomorrow yeah well it's it's those guys coming in and, and getting their chances and the little bit of rotation there I, I really enjoy covering Munster over the last year or so because there just always seems to be 
somebody pushing through or, or some little kind of tweak in the starting team or somebody pushing somebody for their place and more often than not it's young players pushing through and, and taking their chance we saw it obviously with Crowley probably being the biggest example last year but this year there's been so many just little tweaks week on week and, and little positional changes and it's just even though they're, they're URC champions and they had such a strong year last year they're still kind of in a bit of a um, what's the word I'm looking for they're still kind of growing and still kind of finding their best squad and their best 23 I think I don't think it's a fully settled squad yet and there's guys who are kind of coming into their their kind of best years are guys who are only settled into the team and we know their best years are ahead of them and there's loads of that across this team like we've you mentioned earlier that we picked our um, our breakout players this year and like we all know what Tom Ahern is capable of but I picked him because I think we've been looking at him as maybe one of the most exciting second row prospects in Ireland and, and now he's turned himself into one of the most exciting back row prospects in, in Ireland because he's playing at six and he's making a real impact on games and he's just such a such an exciting prospect. He's so athletic, he's so physical, he's got really nice hands and he's having such a strong impact on games and that back line of Tom Ahern, John Hodnett and Gavin Coombs, like it's such, or sorry, the back row, it's such a, it's a, it's a dynamic back row and they're all young guys who are kind of making real names for themselves in this team. Some of them obviously have been there a couple of seasons at this stage, but then you look across the team, like you've got even someone like Ty Byrne taking on the captaincy this week. We don't know who Munster's next long-term captain will be. I thought Byrne would be a good shout for it, so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of goes with that role this week. Um, and then, yeah, the back line, Calvin Nash at 15, like the... The year or two years that he's had with Munster, he's just come on so much, improved so much. He's such an important player for them. I can't wait to see how he goes a fullback. And then you've got Shane McCarthy coming in, um, another academy player, three academy players in the 23 again, which is kind of becoming a hallmark of, of Graham Rowntree teams. Um, really fascinating to see how he goes. And and there's just this energy around Munster. And like we've spoken about it before, these, these young homegrown lads, getting chances supporters just love to see that and this is a great opportunity for them tomorrow because as you say like this is a game they should be winning fairly comfortably and there will be a buzz at Thoma Park tomorrow because people are going here looking to see these young guys get their chance and hoping to see them do well um, and then we've got Keith Earls and Andrew Conway being introduced to the crowd at half time to top it off so I don't think it's going to be the closest most competitive game but I think it's going to be an enjoyable day out and there's it's a it's a great chance for some of these kind of younger players to just settle into the European season, I think, and, and get off to a strong start. If we do find ourselves with a loose and broken game from 60-odd minutes onwards as well, you've got Craig Casey, Tony Butler, and Ben O'Connor, one of those academy players, to come off the bench, and it'd be nice to see O'Connor especially getting a chance to really kind of show what he's about. He's obviously had very limited game time that would have been unexpected to him at this juncture in his career but at that stage of the game given Bayon's makeup you're kind of thinking he could be playing alongside guys who are of a similar age grade to him so it may be a chance for him to flourish in front of 20 odd thousand people there at Thoma Park um, that should be a significant monster win all going well for them and then it is on to the big one on Sunday and La Rochelle are at full pelt without Teddy Tama who's suspended whatever on Regara as well who's also suspended and then Leinster the big talking points in terms of their team selection here on all week were one who was going to start at out half we now know that's Harry Byrne and two why is everybody saying that Will Connors is going to start this game and he is 
And that's a really interesting selection in its own right. And it was one that had been kind of rumoured all week. Let's start with Connors, actually, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, it's not so much a question, but more so a suggestion to you. What a chance this is for him to remind everybody of how good a player he is, because he gets these opportunities in the URC typically, where he might be almost, or he has been almost third choice open side for Leinster over the last while. And you, you see the old Will Connors in him. It's just that in his absence, in his long-term absence, other guys have more regularly and routinely built form that is very difficult to surpass. Now he gets a chance on the biggest stage of all. Leinster looking to right some wrongs and Will Connors looking to take some names. And that pecking order could be changed very, very quickly if it goes well for him. So it's just a, an interesting little wrinkle in this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a massive opportunity for them. And... Like we kind of get a bit fed up of players talking about how competitive their positions are, and you know the Leinster back row is so competitive, the the Ireland back row is so competitive. You kind of hear this week on week, but this is kind of a reminder of you know how true that is. Because if you you can be the form guy, you can be the guy with the jersey, and if something happens, you lose a bit of form, or, or you pick up a couple of injuries, and somebody else gets a run on you, it can be very hard to actually claw your way back to being that main man again. And Connors is almost the forgotten man in this Leinster squad in terms of the big European days. He he hasn't been there over the last couple of years and the potential that he has when he's fitting at his best, like he's he's an absolute game changer. And that's why he's getting his chance here. He's, he played 11 games last season, but I think he only started four. So like if he's fitting, he's on it, he can be such an impactful player, but it's just getting that run of games and kind of getting back to that best version of himself. Obviously, his defensive work is is huge and you imagine that's why he's been, been backed this weekend for this particular challenge because like, even when you think back to when he was breaking into that Ireland squad around 2020, 2021, wasn't it? There was, there was just so much excitement around him and, and he's a big personality too. Like We had him as a guest on a live show last year, didn't we? And he was really good value that night, wasn't he? And like he, he's only 27, so again... He's got plenty of time to get back to that best version of himself and we've seen that before and if he that he does offer something different. This weekend it's it's not really a call that I would have seen coming until you started hearing those rumours and kind of whispers during the week, but it's it's still strange to see Josh van der Fleer named on, on any bench, be it Leinster or Ireland, but Leo and Jacques Nienebert are obviously seeing something at the moment in Will Connors and he gets the chance here in the biggest game of Leinster season so far, so it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how he goes because he can be, if he gets back to his best, he can be such an important player for Leinster and he can, you know, certainly work his way back into that Ireland equation too. And if there's some player to bring off the bench as well, I think sometimes because he's had like a slightly quieter 12 months since he was named World Player of the Year, people think, oh, he's he's actually pretty anonymous. He's not playing well. It's like, it's such bullshit. Just watch the guy. Mm. <laughs> like he's still playing pretty well. And if you give him 25, 30 minutes... Christ almighty, he could do some damage. Um, I'd out half, Kieran. Uh, to be totally honest, I had pres- not presumed. I-, I wondered would they give Frawley the nod here just because of the nature of the game that I had envisaged this being or envisaged, envisaged whatever. Uh, like I kind of thought it was going to be one of those, like not even necessarily an arm wrestle, but when you're going down there, it feels a little bit tighter. You know, I just thought it was going to be maybe a more physical game than Leinster have played arguably all season maybe aside from Munster at the Aviva and that somebody like Frawley given he's had minutes there recently would be able to stand up to that challenge and I guess all it was for me was that I haven't seen Harry Byrne in that type of an environment yet but what a vote of confidence in his ability and in his temperament for Leinster to say 
here are the keys, off you go. And this is probably the chance we've all been waiting for Harry Byrne to get. He's come close a couple of times only for injury to hold him back a little bit. Now the leash is off. This is your acid test. And listen, it doesn't all have to go well for you this weekend. I'm not saying if it doesn't go well, you're written off. But I just mean, if it goes well, suddenly we know you're the real deal. And for Leinster to give him the chance in this game, which is of real significance to them, given the opposition, and maybe what it even means for the rest of the season... It's a feather in his cap, isn't it? It's a kind of an exciting one, even just from an Irish rugby, a more broad Irish rugby perspective. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's it. This is the chance. Um, we can kind of, we can kind of tell from the way selection has gone the last couple of weeks that they view, they seem to view Harry Byrne as, as that man behind behind Ross, as the next in line for for the ten shirt. And if that's the way they're thinking, then he has to start this game because you've got to find out properly what he's about in this kind of in this kind of setting and it's just felt such a long time coming there's been so much expectation around Harry Byrne for so long and as you mentioned like obviously he's had a tough time with injuries but you have just been waiting for him to have that standout performance and like this is the weekend to go and do it like we, we knew we'd be talking about Leinster Leinster's 10s this year but it's kind of accelerated a bit with that Ross Byrne injury so already Frawley is putting pressure on and there's so much clamour to see him get a proper shot at 10 and we know that that's what he wants but Leinster have back burned this weekend and it's it's a huge call we we know he is the talent but I suppose this weekend I just want to see him being dominant and being authoritative because this is been such a long time coming he's not new on the scene anymore this is his fifth full season with Leinster and I remember being at Leinster's game against Northampton in December 2020 in the RDS that was meant to be his first Champions Cup start and that's the day that he pulls up with a back injury in the warm-up and on the day, just even as a journalist, it was really disappointing because I was really looking forward to getting a good look at him at that level and that was desperately unlucky for him but Jesus, if you told him that it would be three years before he got the chance again, like, you know. So it's not a huge weekend for Leinster in terms of they're going to get to the knockouts regardless of what happens on Sunday but it's a huge weekend in terms of trying to get one over on La Rochelle finally and, and doing it with Harry Byrne because it's his chance to finally lay down a marker. And with the games they have coming up, Sale next week, then Munster, then into Ulster, then you're back into Europe and, and then it's Six Nations time. So if he can go and put in that display, we've kind of been, that performance that we've been waiting for from him and get a good run going now, you're putting yourself in a great position heading into the second half of the season with Six Nations and everything else coming up. So it's, it's a huge weekend for him, absolutely. Leinster are in a situation in which their assistant coach or almost de facto head coach under Leo Cullen, Jack Nienaber, is just getting his feet under the desk. That's going to take some betting in. It's going to be a lengthy-ish process for him to properly implement his ideas. It doesn't mean that Leinster are going to be bad in the interim. It just means that there should be a gradual improvement in them throughout the season. And we've probably seen so far this season, even though the results have been really good, they haven't been firing on what we would consider to be all, all of their cylinders. Um, and then you have La Rochelle, who have been stuttering. Like the engine has been kind of coughing there in France over the last six, seven weeks. And there was a point at which Rog even, with his tongue in cheek, alluded to a possible changing of the guard in terms of their coaches. And, uh, you know, he was definitely, obviously he was just trying to light a rocket under them, but... That's kind of how bad it had gotten for him, at least at that point. And in a sense, it kind of feels like they're two teams, I won't say in transition, but who 
are probably a distance from where they believe they'll be if they meet again further down the line in this competition, right? But based on what you've seen of both of them, based on the significance of the fixture to both of them, who do you actually fancy on Sunday in this one? I've kind of changed my mind on this two week, to be honest. Um, I was I was kind of leaning towards Leinster earlier in the week, but I'm starting to lean more and more towards La Rochelle as the week goes on. Um, I feel like this game, it feels like the start of the season really for both of these teams. Like you say, we haven't seen the best from either of them yet, but there's been glimpses there in games and it it just feels like they're kind of warming up and they know they're going to be there thereabouts at the end of the season anyway like they both haven't been at their best and yet still you look at any of the previews this week including yourself myself and, and Murray's and it's La Rochelle and Leinster who everybody feels are going to be there in the final again and one of the champions so I, I, I'm i leaning towards La Rochelle because I think they will the stuff at O'Gara during the week and getting another band like they don't need like any any chance they get to just you know f- use that kind of backs to the wall mentality and and take that little bit extra they they're so good at seizing on that and and using that properly to their advantage we saw it again last year in Dublin with with uh, little things like you know lack of eye contact at handshake time and things like this so a load of bullshit all of it <laughs> yeah absolutely but you know they they channel it in the right way and they 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 get something from it and you can only imagine the type of um the type of uh, speech that Roger's going to be giving them this weekend at this game. And we, we focus on Leinster so much, obviously. And, you know, the, is it, is it a mental thing? How can they not get over the line against La Rochelle is like psychologically, how damaging will it be if, if, if they don't do it this time again? But if, if you look at the other side of it, La Rochelle are bringing Leinster to, to their home ground for the first time with a, with a full house. When when they first met in the semi-final a couple of years ago, it was COVID time, so the stadium was empty. This place is going to be packed. This place is going to be rocking. They feel that they have, you know, they do have a superiority over, over Leinster because they've beaten them the last three times. This is going to be a huge occasion. And, you know, we sometimes talk about the, the, the French and England teams maybe not being up for certain games in Champions Cup. There's not a chance that La Rochelle are not going to be up for this on Sunday. So I think if they both go at it hell for letter, Based on what we've seen when they've when they've come up against each other over the last few years, I would I would just be fancying La Rochelle to to edge it. But I at the same time I would not be surprised if if this is the day where Leinster finally get over the line against them. And for those who didn't read our little joint preview between yourself, Murray, and myself during the week, who are you backing for the competition? I, I'm backing La Rochelle just because of what we've seen over them over the last few years and. That's mainly because I'm not convinced about any of the other contenders. We don't know how things are going to go for Leinster this year. We we, we don't know how they're going to look on, with Jack Nienaber. It'll be weeks really before we start to see his influence really come to the fore. We don't know actually what Leinster's best team is anymore, really, considering, you know, Johnny's gone and a bit of debate around 10 and different players playing and kind of moving around different positions as different guys pushing through as we've seen like even Connors this week starting things going to move around in that back row even um, and then you know I've, I've I've fancied to lose the last couple of seasons and things are going to be different for them this year obviously with DuPont and, and Entomac not available for some of the games and they've just been they've disappointed me the last two seasons anyway when I got to knockout time so La Rochelle they're just so good at turning up when it matters most and, and winning the winning the tight knockout games when, when they need to and 
I think their focus will be more on the top 14 this year. They they really want to win that, but I would still think they're in the best position to to go all the way and win it. And then I guess the other little part of our preview was a dark horse to pick. And there I was kind of leaning towards, towards Racing because I'm really interested to see how that works this year with Stuart Lancaster in because he's a guy who loves this competition as well. And signing Sia Khaleesi, Khaleesi, they've got a player who can just lift the whole organisation. So... It's exciting to have the the Champions Cup back. Like you and Murray did a full in-depth preview, I suppose, of the tournament on Wednesday. And as you guys spoke about, the format is not ideal. There's a lot of teams in it and it takes a long time to kind of whittle it down to to the strongest few. But still, no matter what they do to this competition, once the opening weekend rolls around and once you've got a game like Leinster and La Rochelle to kick things off, it's, it's, it's hard not to get excited about it all again. That's exactly it. Even allowing for our frustrations with the format and the complications involved there. Three of the fixtures involving the provinces this weekend are games that I would change plans in order to watch. Like Bath Ulster, <laughs> I think could be a cracker. Connacht Bordeaux tonight, I can't wait for. And then the big one on Sunday. Munster Bayonne, you could take or leave, but like even Munster have a couple of really tasty fixtures coming up. So, hey, it won't be all that bad even in the pool stages. And it sure is. Anything will get a lot more exciting beyond that as well. Kieran Will Parker for now, will we? Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for that, Kev. Thanks a million. And thanks to everybody at home as well. If you want to listen back to Murray and I chatting uh, at greater length about the competition as a whole, visit the 42.e forward slash extra. You'll get full access to the 42 as a whole. All of our sports writing podcasts. Everything you need, really, as an Irish sports fan. Get on it. And we will be back on Monday with Bernard Jackman for the 42 subscribers. Looking back over all of the European action from the weekend. Until then, have a great time, everybody. Enjoy all the rugby. Enjoy whatever you get up to. Mind yourselves. Take care. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's got names for a few double barrels. He spits out, breaks out, only smokes cash.